It's the Odd Drunk Podcast, a very strange podcast, the drunkest show in the world. It's Jackson and Colton talking out of their ass. We don't care as long as drinks are poor. Sometimes we have our friends here. We will talk about anything. Anything. We don't care as long as we have And if you let that whiskey ring, the Odd Drunk It's the Odd Drunk Podcast. Sometimes I troll myself. Welcome. Oh, hi, everybody. Jackson's sitting oh, in the manhole, and uh, we have we have here. <laughs> Super I'm not in the sewers. <laughs> I mean, do you remember freshman year, how you refused to take a shower? That felt like the sewers. That was the sewer time for Jackson. That was yeah. total. What was it? What did, <laughs> what did your dad like to say? I'm sorry, Jason, but... um. Um, punk was it punk or grunge? Grunge every day. Yeah, and then the if you're gonna talk about punk, then you would have crust punk. I never went that far. We know but who was, went that far. Yeah, it was grunge. It was grunge every day for Jackson. Yeah, grunge. Yeah. <laughs> um, as you guys can already tell, we have a guest today, and very vocal. He Our old. Um, I'll just let him introduce himself. So I don't know if you guys remember back when what season one start came out for the odd drunk podcast, there was a little mm-hmm. rhyme that went and sometimes Tristan too. Yeah. From my understanding, I have a contractual obligation to do one show per year to be continued to have that. And sometimes Tristan too still on this. Yes. <laughs> exactly. That's not on there anymore though. <laughs> honestly, we have, well, we haven't broken that rule though. You could use yeah. that old intro if you wanted, Colton. You could throw it in there. Maybe we'll throw in the old intro on this. Uh, this um, but it's not inaccurate. So this is my contractual obligation for the one one year. <laughs> but uh, we we invited Tristan here, uh, not just to shoot the shit, but to talk about something uh, all three of us care about. Um, and we haven't talked about it in a long time. Yeah. We're talking about African children that are starving. (laughs) Yeah. If you donate today. We can help the foundlings. (laughs) Yes. The foundlings. (laughs) We can help the foundlings that we are going to adopt into the Mandalorian culture from Africa. Yeah. Because uh, (laughs) we're talking about the, uh, the Bo-Katan, I mean the Mandalorian. (laughs) <laughs> it felt like Bo-Katan season it's, it's the Bo-Katan Monday. show no the Bo-Katan Fe- featuring sometimes Mando too no. <laughs> <laughs> this uh, is the Mandalorian which, season 3 featuring Din Djarin I recently um, picked this up oh, Bo-Katan cool. herself I gotta say though that, that figure doesn't do her doesn't do um, Katie Sackhoff justice cause she thick she's in the dummy Mando. thick dummy thick <laughs> yeah um i don't think we're the only ones to real to notice that she no, she wears no. that armor well she wears it well star wars fans are very horny we all know this <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah Fuck, they've yeah, been horny yeah. since the original trilogy yeah <laughs> then they got hornier when they found out princess leia is not even wearing a bra 
Yeah, because George George Lucas said uh, uh, underwear doesn't exist in in space. Yeah. So wait, so does that technically? I, mean- I saw Carrie Fisher gave him a lot of shit for that <laughs> that she couldn't wear a bra because they didn't have them in Star Wars. Space doesn't have them. And then you have Padme, of course. You know. <laughs> I, you know, I, I feel like she it. was wearing a bra at that point. I don't think that would have slide. But, but yeah, we're here to talk about Mandalorian season three. We're probably mostly going to be talking about the finale in the last couple episodes. Yep. Because that's where things actually happened. Um, I like the season. I, I think it was fine as a whole. Um, as hold a whole, on. I have some hey, issues. Hold, hold on, Jackson. The hell do you think you're doing? What am I doing? Oh, we got. What are you? The... What are you drinking? Um, that's a good question. I actually last minute because I had some Midori Sour and Blue Carousel from a few episodes ago. I conjured a, a green. Grogu drink. Ah, and you got a little Grogu. I call it the Gen Grogu. Nice. (laughs) It doesn't have Gen in it. I just said funny. Yeah, well, it's like it's like it's like Din Grogu, but I get it. Yeah. Yeah. Spoiler alert for that. But uh, I put um. No one cares. What I had, it has Coors Banquet, Midori Sour mostly, Blue Carousel, and. If you want a little extra courage, a shot of rum. Nice. I will describe the dream. Oh, and by the way, before we. Oh, what? I will describe the color of your drink as if somebody actually put Grogu in a blender. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you should have blended it. You should have blended it on ice and just been like, this is blended Grogu. (laughs) Moff Gideon would be happy, wouldn't he? Maybe sprinkle some like red bitters on the top of it mm-hmm. yeah but uh oh by the way before we really get into this this is gonna be a spoiler heavy episode yeah we're not gonna hold back on that yeah uh if you, you haven't, haven't seen it go watch it uh because yeah we're gonna really get into it i mean but uh what are you yet. drinking what are you drinking tristan oh I am drinking one of Mexico's finest imported ales. Tecate. No, Corona. Okay. (laughs) Correction, it's one of Mexico's imported. Only only slightly better than Tecate, then. I, you know what? For the summer, I mean, you can't go wrong with a Corona in the summer. I'll never complain but about you, a Corona. You, but you got it. You got to drink Lime. Modelo if it's available, though. Hey, fool! It is Modelo time all the time. Ah, a la sonse. <laughs> <laughs> but if I had a choice, though, and I had a chance to actually, you know, well, I did go to the store real quick, but I, you know, I'm preparing for an all night Call of Duty session. Nice. nice. Getting ready to lose, but you know, um, if what do you I play on? Xbox. We might be able to do crossplay. You can if you have um, Warzone Two. Which one do you play on? I play Warzone Two. 
Okay. Because I mainly do and Colton in um, um Battle Royale. Nice. Me and Colton probably be really bad at that because we've just been playing zombies. <laughs> and I am famously very bad at um, any type of Call of Duty, whether it's zombies or regular Call of Duty. Yeah. But it's See, what you're saying is I would actually have to carry the team and not goof off. <laughs> probably, yes. Oh, I'm Jackson's I, not a total. I love chunk. me some just classic. Well, I, no, I'll tell you, I love me some <laughs> classic team deathmatch, uh, free for all, all that. But Warzone, I've never been the best at battle royale games. I don't. I like having my guns at the start. You know what I mean? I don't like rummaging around and crafting and all that nonsense. So the nice thing is, you know, the DMZ mode on on Warzone two. You can go in with guns and everything. It's just like a battle royale, but you're more or less doing missions and side quests. Okay. Within that mm. Yeah, I haven't played the Warzone 2 yet. Highly recommend it. I heard mm-hmm. it is good. My main experience with any sort of battle royale is the uh, Hunger Games maps on Halo. Um, was it Halo? Yeah, Halo, Re- Halo Reach they, on the Forge. They would make <laughs> Hunger Game maps. I played the Minecraft <laughs> Hunger Game maps. I played a couple of those. I, I wasn't good at it. <laughs> See, though, I take that back. You know, DMZ is just like the Hunger Games. Truly like the Hunger Games. Nice. Well, that's the idea of a Battle Royale, though, right? <laughs> no, no I mean, like the DMZ level itself. Oh, I see. Right. Anyway. I've, um, I am drinking. on that topic. I, oh, yeah, I, I, I'm drinking. Uh, I was going to go to the liquor store and get some gin and some you juice. You work at a liquor store. Yeah. I, I wasn't working today, but I was going to go to the store and get some gin and juice and make a Qui-Gon gin and juice. But I didn't want to spend money, so um, I'm just drinking Diplomatico. Is it just gin and juice? Yeah, it's just gin and juice. <laughs> Do you guys remember when we all first, that, that first, was that first summer we all lived together? We constantly had booze in the house. I still constantly have booze in my house. No, no, we made it a point that if something went oh, no, out, I, it was I remember. I remember we always. Well, I remember at one point we had a few like thirty racks of just cheap beer, just like Options, PBRs. Yeah, yeah, we had op- and that was mostly uh, Caleb's doing. Yeah, that's the reason why we had Rolling Rock and Bush. Yeah, I wouldn't. I would never. <laughs> That was a that was a dark time for us. We Ooh, Colton's running away. Do you remember those days though? I I, I those were the some, you know, not to you know, say anything different about my life right now. But if I could go back to that first that first that first round of us living together, I would. Those were good days. As uh, what I liked about it, there was always something happening. There's always, always some kind of scheme. I I mean, I wouldn't say there was always something happening. I recall one day, Jackson. Well, there was always an you excuse. And me, to... You and me woke up in the morning and, uh, you know, we both had the day off. And I was just like, you want to do something today? And you were like, sure. And it's like, what? And we both stood there until one of us was finally like, you can play want a drink? <laughs> No, my favorite one, my favorite memories ever is just coming back home and the entire living room was either a recording studio set up within 20 minutes and then there was a drum set in the middle of it. 
Yeah. It was in constant flux. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, and Caleb brought home a, a, another couch that we did not have room for. Oh, no. We yep. had, we were like what, um, stadium seating with that second couch. Yeah. It was, there was a lot of couch in that house. <laughs> there was a lot of things I'm, in that house. My favorite. Oh, it my, was, oh uh, my other favorite one. Its own is ecosystem. Yeah, because we never threw food away. <laughs> yeah, those uh, a little peek into the Audrey Pod's uh, college. Well, no. What kind of, of bachelor life? I don't know what you would call it. None of us were in. That's college when we were that we dropped out. Yeah. <laughs> well, you you know, not just a bunch not of fucking failed or anything. We just couldn't. No, now now Tristan. Now that me and Jackson are college graduates we are far cleaner than we used to be <laughs> yes because you have girlfriends that tell you to get your shit together interesting pretty much nailed it pretty much yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> um since we're um why well, this is a good segue into one of our new uh, late uh, newest segments um where we just talk about whatever. Uh, everybody talks about something, new games they played, movies they've seen, or whatever. Whatever's going on in your life. Anything cool you want to talk about uh, before we get into the real discussion. Um, I can start. I finally uh, got around to playing the new Resident Evil 4 remake. Nice. Loving it. I'm got the shotgun and the pistol got my pistol almost maxed out got my sensitivity settings where uh you know plays right and it's a lot of fun they did a really good job i remember when they came out with uh the resident evil 2 remake i was like this is good i never really played two that much back in the day mm -hmm. but four i played a shit ton even though I wasn't good at it, I, I played it a lot back then. And I was like, I cannot wait until they remake four. And they did a great job. They modernized it, but it still feels the same. But that's a great the game. Enemies are I, fast. Yeah. That, the enemies are fast. That's a more great aggressive. game. And I, I really want to give the remake a shot. Like, you really should. It would run well on the Steam Deck. I know I've heard that. there's a few changes they've made um, in general to the. I the, the mission I'm still fairly early. Like that. I'm um, in chapter four. All right. Yeah. Um, I haven't noticed anything significant. The the main things they changed was just the gameplay. Leon's faster. Enemies are faster, more aggressive, but it's easier to deal with them because it has modern controls. Because if you go back and play the old Resident Evil games with the fixed cameras and the slow, you know, turning and reactions, it's it's really hard. There's not a there's lot not of, much you can um, do about it. There's not a lot of old games where the controls have really held up super well. It's a few, but well, aside from like side scrollers, I guess. But side scrollers, there's a few, huh? But like three D games. Pongs. Oh, pong. original controllers. Oh yeah, held up. yeah, yes. Well, One so, day we will those, talk about Pong. Some of those old uh, FPS shooters, like um, a lot of those Source Engine games and uh, Doom and things like that, have aged pretty well. But um, sometimes not. No, definitely not. I finally watched 
Wakanda forever. Yeah, you told me a bit yesterday. Yeah, and I have very mixed feelings about it. Um, There's a lot that was really great. Namor was fucking rad. And I really like the act. Really like the act. Mostly. Um, Yeah. Uh, Shuri had a cool character arc. Um, Ironheart was pointless. The CGI on her suit. It was just... That's another it looked like a, gripe that I have with this movie is the the it looked special, like a PS3 cutscene. The VFX were bad in this movie. I mean, who am I to judge? They were still fun and like good enough to well to do the job. This of. movie did have a lot more practical effects in the but, making of like all the scenes in Atlantis or whatever they call it. Um, they filmed like when uh, Namor's giving the speech to his people. That was actually they filmed that underwater. He had to hold his breath. That's cool. I mean, they they there's a lot of really great scenes, but there's like some of the you know the Iron Heart suit and some of that CGI is bad. There's also just what stood out to me over the CGI was there's a lot of really bad compositing shots where there's there's scenes where someone rolls up in a one of those um, you know flying machines that they use and uh, and you can tell that this is just a green screen shot that's been overlaid onto a cockpit and it's really bad looking uh um also the third act sucked all i gotta say is you know when they were saying the midnight angels for the um for the um for the wakandans Mm -hmm. i looked at their suits and i'm like are they supposed to be paying a homage to um owls or um, Anubis, because yeah, I did you know, not like their suits, and I did not. I uh, I'm so tired of the nanotech thing. Yeah, I mean, I don't like the I don't like their suits in general, but like at least I was hoping that it would be a real helmet. <laughs> right, that would have been cool, but no. She she the the she pops up and then the helmet rolls back like that, and I'm like, really? <laughs> I'm gonna say one thing. <laughs> I will say this one thing every time I see these new suits. Tony Stark built that in a cave with the box scraps. Oh, scraps. Yeah. And then he got really <laughs> tired of wearing it on set. Yep. So they so they slowly phased out the actual practical suits. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. No, but like- honestly. Out of most of the Phase Four movies, Wakanda Forever is still one of the higher points. I I I like Multiverse of Madness more. I really like Multiverse of Madness for different reasons. Um, um, I, I understand. Think movie, I, I know. I know a lot of people don't like that because they. My sister watched it. She's tried watching it multiple times. She's very confused by it. <laughs> she's honestly, just, she's just like, I don't, you. I don't get it. It's just, a, I love it because it's that Evil Dead kind of campy mm. Sam Raimi style. Yeah. And you get to see Wanda kill a lot of people with her powers. And, you know, uh, and you have Doctor Strange fighting himself. Yeah. See, this is what I got to say. Though. And... <laughs> I got to say this about it. You know, unfortunately, Multiverse of Madness had to come after no way home yeah and uh that was an issue because mm-hmm. of covid delayed you know delayed the no, no, filming no, no. it's not that it's 
it had to be the movie that followed up because we all got our expectations high of what they were going to do for a multiverse. No, I, yeah, exactly. But then we get this one and we're like, oh, well, our theories came out to be true. And this, you know, like No Way Home was totally just a fan service movie. Not taken away from yeah. it. It was a great fan service movie. But it's the be- one of the best examples of fan service. But then Multiverse of Madness gave a little fan service just because No Way Home just gave it all. And yeah. so yeah, I remember what, everyone was like, oh, fight. Toby's going to come back in this. They're going to have superior Iron Man. It's going to, uh, you know, they're going to have all this crazy stuff. And hey, I was happy with Professor X. Like, I thought that was sick that he was in it. Um, oh, yeah. Patrick Stewart. Oh, yeah. But, um, Freaking Patrick Stewart. Speaking of Patrick Stewart, it's my turn to say what's new. Okay. Oh yeah, because you're a Trekkie. My my childhood <laughs> died this morning. Picard at three a.m. And I I'm not gonna lie. They I, shut, I got they shut down the servers for Star Trek Online. Oh no, no, <laughs> they're never gonna do that. That's still money. That's still a money maker. <laughs> oh yeah. Until that stops being a money maker, they're not they're not gonna shut it down. No. So um. You know, respects to, you know, all the casting and everything for, you know, Star Trek Next Generation, um, Star Trek, um, Strange New Worlds and Discovery, you know, love them all. You know, you guys heard me. I only liked Discovery for certain aspects, but it got gooder or better at the end. But yeah, I heard Discovery is pretty good. But today, for a lot of people like me who grew up with watching The Next Generation, the series finale to Star Trek Picard was a... Oh crap! My childhood is kind of over now. Technically, it was over like seven years ago, but you know, it's 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 officially over. Like the nostalgia of like mm-hmm. you know, all my an- my questions have been answered about the Star Trek world that I cared about. Mm. That's that's what Disney did with the Last Jedi to me. Or no, actually, Rise of Skywalker. That was <laughs> at that point. I was like. I'm done with all this shit, but then Mandalorian and Andor, and we have all these good shows and we have the Soga even... show. So like, I'm happy with star Wars again. I'm, you know, so I mean, I, that... I know what you mean, but what do you remember how we felt at the end of season seven of the clone wars? Well, it's the end of an era. The, you know, that like, kind of sad? It was that, it was that moment. It was like, I feel a little empty but happy. Oh yeah. The, it was sad. The, yeah. It's a better realization moment. of, of they've explored this as much as they can explore it. And now it's going to, I mean, we have the bad to move on that's, now, um, but you're, but it's, it's also for me, it's like, I was telling, I was telling this to my mom. I know this sounds really weird, but I was like, it's weird because I, I grew up, like I said, I grew up with these guys cause that's what my dad used to put on to watch. So it was like, I seen them get older and older and it's weird. I can go back and watch another show, like an earlier season of them, and they look young, like in their forties and fifties. And now they're 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 older. And I'm like, yeah, oh, yeah. I guess in the case of Picard, you can say that forties and fifties is young for Patrick. Would Stewart. be young. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I love Patrick. Stewart, but anyways, but yeah, um, he's, he's... <laughs> let's get into the Mandalorian. Yeah, it was yes. a hard decision. It was a hard decision. Um, so. Do you want to start with the season finale or just a, a general? Let's talk about the season in general. Thoughts first. Let's start with the season in general because yeah. 
the finale has its own little segue. Yeah, because the the no those last two episodes, if it would have been like that the whole time, I've been really happy. But yeah, for me, and, and we're season... and we're gonna say it again for our listeners, even though Tristan already said it. Um, spoilers. Yes. Heavy. Yeah, uh, heavy. we're not we're not gonna. Spoilers. Sometimes we attempt to do to do a quick no spoiler review before we jump into it but no we're not doing that this time no this not is just spoilers <laughs> just, um, this is a rare go, moment for the boys to get back together go watch the but show this, if you've not watched it this whole season to me i loved what they do, did with bo katan's story and her arc you know reclaiming mandalore there are and, so many um, and i think it's i love because of that arc and you know bo katan her role in it there's a lot of moments in this where i'm just like this feels like the clone wars Oh, yeah. oh this last episode, the, the shot yeah. of all the Mandalorians flying over the landscape. That was oh, like my. the Siege of Mandalore. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Was, but and it it is. It's like the live action. Some so well, version. I mean, I mean, like, even like some of the poses were like Bo Katan the last episode, she has the dark saber and she yeah. like poses midair like that. It was mm-hmm. straight up like the type of pose a character in well, the Clone Wars would do. Katie Sackoff is Bo-Katan. She always has been. She was a voice actress and she's live action. She's perfect for it. She's a shark. Is... She's a nerd like us. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, she wasn't she in Battlestar to Galactica or something? I know she's been in yeah. a lot of sci-fi I stuff. I think you're right. Um, she's um, Starbuck on Battlestar Galactica. She's the ace okay. pilot. But, um, Din Djarin, Mando, definitely took a big sideline for 90% of the season. See, so though, did Grogu. Uh, I got to say this about Din Djarin, you know, love him as a character and everything, but he has expressly said he is not the hero of Mandalore. And if you really think about it, Din Djarin is more or less like that guy that's like the faithful sidekick. He is the Sam, Sam yeah, Wise honestly, um, of everyone. Yeah, that's what I well, for the most part, I mean, he can't hold his own. We 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 see that. We'll talk about. Oh, yeah. It. You know, we'll he, get his own. Yeah, yeah. he um, what I like about him is that he's just content. He's happy with just being a cool Mandalorian bounty hunter and training Grogu like yeah, he, doesn't, we, he had the dark saber, right? He could have if he wanted to, he could have claimed leadership over Mandalore. He He'd could be like, have, fuck you. I have the dark saber. We, we were now, but he doesn't Jackson, care about any of that. Me and Jackson were talking about this. We went to Jabo's the other day and we're, we're talking about Without this me. and we're just like, Din Djarin is basically like if a star Wars fan ended up in the star Wars universe. No, with, not with, really. I, and, and was just like, I, I guess a care. casual I, star Wars fan. Because well, I love well, Din Djarin. Well, what I mean, what I mean, like, like if you were playing a Star Wars RPG, like if they made like an open-ended Star Wars RPG, would you be all about retaking Mandalore, or would you just be like, at the end of the day, he's, all I give a shit about is being a badass? He he's the side quest guy. He likes yeah. doing the side quests, <laughs> like... and that's a lot of the season. But he, um, what I like about him, he doesn't know a lot about the universe, about Star Wars. <laughs> Um, like in the first season, he didn't even know what a Jedi was. You know, See, though, and a lot of people wouldn't. Um, yeah, especially during that time. But because he doesn't you know, need, and he doesn't need to. He's just like. But he, you know, he's 
he knows enough about uh, well, and he's in his own Mandalorian tribe. You know, ne- never take off their helmet, and so he knows that, and he knows what he thinks Mandalore should be. But then he meets Bo Katan. He's like, oh, okay. Well, he's also been told his There's whole more life to it. what Mandalorians are supposed to be, and yeah. also what Mandalore is as well. Like before season three he seems to be under the impression that Mandalore is cursed. Nobody should go back there. Ever. Well, yeah, that's what the armor tell him. Yeah. I will say this, um, you know, my favorite line ever from one of my favorite characters in Star Wars. Din Djarin embodies this entirely. I'm just a simple man trying to make my way through the galaxy. Boba. Django. Oh, we <laughs> our Boba Fett episode. <laughs> Boba Fett does say that too. Does say it, but, but it's a throwback to Django. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I I wouldn't yeah, say it was exactly Django, yeah. that. I wouldn't say it's as quite as simple as Django because I think that quote from Django is supposed to imply not just that he doesn't give a shit about politics and stuff, but he is in it for himself. Yes, and Mando's not in it for himself at any point. Well, Mando's a bounty hunter by trade. But he adheres to the Mandalorian. Well, for him, yeah, culture, that's just, at least his tribe. That that's um, that's just a job to him. Yeah, exactly. He's just but like it's you, you got to make a living, and this is what Mandalorians do, I guess. <laughs> so yeah, pretty good at it. Do. Notoriously good at it. I mean, Until if someone... you really think about it, he's only doing it to you know to keep shine, keep his on um, Beskar shiny. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, what did oh, what did you think of? Jack Black and Lizzo that in Star awesome. Wars. I loved it. That was great. Why men great until they got to be great. This that episode felt the most Clone Wars esque. It felt like one of those Clone Wars episodes that's just there in the middle of the season to fill space. But still, <laughs> well, and that's what this one did. The, the same I, exact thing. But I was all about it. I was. I was all about it, yeah. especially for Christopher Lloyd. Yeah, that was the way better cameo. He was yeah, great. I love it that he was a way better cameo. It was Count the Duco, best um, about everything. I mean, I, I love that he was a Count Dooku um, supporter. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my favorite part is yeah. when he talks about it. He's like, <laughs> he's like the 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 old republic will never had never took it from us. The empire will never take it, and now this new republic will not. You know, it's like, oh yeah, this. It, it's kind of weird to think about it because we never hear anyone up until this point talk about like the different eras that they have lived through of like the fall of the galactic republic the rise of yeah. the empire and then the and the slow eventual like decline of the new republic i really like when they well, yeah, throw it's... in throw in details like that like uh, a a side thing is you know i was watching i'm watching andor i'm about halfway through it right now um, and I don't Bill? know what what episode it is, but uh, there's a one point where someone is just like, I think it's Saw Gerrera talking to a uh, Luthen in Andor, and and he's just like, yeah, that rebel faction, they're fucking uh, separatists. That rebel faction, they're New Republicists. That rebel faction, they're like, you know, old Republic guys. There's no way you're gonna get us to get along. Right. Yeah, and, and when when they throw in little details like that, I love it. It's great. Well, then it's not dissimilar to the different imperial factions that you have after the fall of the empire. 
Speaking um, of which, you know, Moff Gideon is just a Mandalorian stan, I guess, but he just wants to bastardize their culture to improve his ranks. Let's be honest, Moff Gideon um, is the Star Wars equivalent of a weeaboo. <laughs> but the one that makes it as his own thing. Yeah. Yeah. The asshole weeaboo, yeah. He, he's the equivalent of, like, Ooh. the guy who wears, like, a fedora and a katana. But he instead, he glorifies Mandalorian culture and has the actual money and power to back himself up. Well, he abuses it. Yeah, abuses. Doesn't understand, um, totally. I, I love... I thought the whole... I, I, I don't know what they're called, but, like, the... I don't know if they're dark troopers or... But the whole Mando style Imperial Troopers remind mm-hmm. me a lot of the Super um, Commandos from Rebels. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Gar Saxon's fact. So there's a theory that Gar Saxon's house still continued to follow the Empire and that those were rem- those were remaining members of the Gar Saxon clan. Because they swore fealty to the Empire. But I, the one thing that you know, someone did point out is that these, some of these guys, how they fight, they don't fight like Mandalorians. They just fight like people who've been given armor that they were told was impenetrable and act like it's not, and they forget. Yeah, it I is. mean, they have a few moments where do. they do. Some you see, some of them stuff, use but... the flamethrower and like the grapples, um, and then other ones, you know, just seem like elite. Um, I, I wouldn't, hunters. I wouldn't buy into the idea that these are Clan Saxon members because they were following the empire in the first place because mm-hmm. the M- they saw the empire as the most powerful faction it wasn't because mm-hmm. of a loyalty to the empire it was because for the same reason that gar saxon followed maul exactly because Power. he's, oh, he's and- like this is a warlord who is powerful and i can back and the empire comes around and they go okay well this is the winning side and like, so maybe <laughs> they could be following um, Gideon because he's they see him as a powerful warlord and all that. But so um, they also would Gideon, be recognizing that Gideon that the Empire fell and are like, oh, well, fuck when these Gideon guys. unveiled his when he unveiled his dark trooper armor, which is just and with the horned Mando helmet. That's obviously Maul inspired, right? And I feel like. That was a conscious choice. Not that he was allegiant to Maul or, you know, I think just the piss Bo-Katan off even more. I can see that. Honestly, yeah. just like as an insult to her. Um, Or he's just a fucking but, weeaboo and he's like, this would look rad with horns on it. It does and look it rad. It has to have. It does to look. Action figure. Yeah, that's a, it is a rad suit of armor that he wears. <laughs> I, I mean, I saw an interview with um, Giancarlo Esposito, and he said that when they asked him to do Star Wars, he was like, and he was interested in it anyway, um, but he was like, I have one condition. I have to be able to wear a cape like Darth Vader. <laughs> because he was, you know, in his words, he's like, he's such a big fan of the original trilogy. He grew up watching that. Darth Vader is like his favorite villain from any movie. And he's just like, he, I, w- I want to be like Darth Vader. <laughs> he is. I mean, in a lot of ways. And, you know, he talks about how the one thing he didn't have was the force. And he made these clones with Grogu's DNA or his genes to make force sensitive dark troopers. Clones. 
so pretty much the there, clones, yeah. he was trying to pretty much start project star killer and um people yeah, already have a theory much. because he didn't have a mustache in this one he could have easily just shaved it or got sent um, off but got some people some people have a theory that the moff gideon we see in the final battle or in the last couple episodes is just a clone and not actually the real moff gideon I didn't think about that when the episode's released, but I'm like, they could do that. I kind of hope they don't. It's totally reasonable, but it would be stupid be of them close. to do that. Yeah, that's why really I think they. It's sh- why I don't focus like on that Thrawn he dies. Now. I don't. I don't like that they, he dies in an explosion. Yeah. See, this is you know. Yeah, I feel like they're gonna, so my favorite <laughs> joke right now is right now is um when they say Palpatine somehow came back. Somehow Palpatine is back, and now Moff Gideon so returned. Moff Gideon was somehow returned. <laughs> okay, so so here is here is the one, the one situation which I would be okay with them bringing back Moff Gideon and saying, "Psych, he's actually alive." Imagine they're gonna go in. They they're inter- they introduce Thrawn, but before we get to see Thrawn, you have. Oscar Isaac show up and say, he just pokes his head in the door and goes, somehow Moff Gideon is back. And then he leaves. <laughs> and then when Moff Gideon actually shows up, he goes to go see Thrawn and Thrawn is just like, you're a traitor Tired to like my plan. So I'm going to kill you. And he kills him there. I think that would be great. That'd be pretty good. So I've been thinking um, about, if I, if I was going to reintroduce Moff Gideon to just not that to that level, but like, you know, what if Moff Gideon is also looking for Thrawn? But he doesn't well, seem but, he doesn't the impression seem to be I got. He Thrawn. didn't. I think he was just trying to usurp Thrawn. Yeah, he like. He, it, 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 there's the conversation. If his plan would have. If his plan would have worked, and Mando sent it to Charles clones. He would have like the most powerful force in the empire. Force sensitive Mando style troopers with Beskar armor. Basically, <laughs> having pretty hard to beat. Except, except Thrawn is supposed to be like he is that smart. Though. Well, he's always a step ahead. He could probably figure ahead. out a way to no, but I, I mean, I get the impression that, that Moff Gideon is like. You know, when in the conversation where he's like, "Where is Thrawn? You guys keep waiting for Thrawn." So where the fuck is he? I think yeah. he's on. I think he's being honest in that. He's just. I don't think this is about usurping Thrawn. I think this is about. He's just like. Thrawn isn't doing I think, anything, so I'm gonna. Do I something. think Gideon saw that void of power, and saw this as his opportunity to be like the new. Essentially, the new leader of the Empire. Well, like you got to look um, at it yeah. this way too. Is Palpatine the reason why they're all like that of waiting for someone to take control? Is because Palpatine cons- consistently had his people fighting each other for that power that they were, oh, under- yeah. and they were trying to always one up each other or usurp the other just to get that power favor, which is not well, great if you think about it. Because if you're constantly honestly, you're backstabbed to move up, you're not. That really be- just goes. That goes back to the Sith ways. The yeah. you know the Sith apprentice eventually kills the Sith Master. Lord and becomes a new yeah becomes a new Sith Lord, at, and at then the they same. get a new apprentice. Then that apprentice rises to power, kills them. It's just a cycle. 
at the same time know. though I, I think that palpatine the way he organized the empire is there's some of that going on but at the end of the day he also has them all so indoctrinated indoctrinated to the point where they're like it doesn't matter how powerful you think you are sidious is the emperor so well, yeah they would never powerful. question sidious so so there there's a little but they bit they would try like, to be sidious's right hand man yeah so but there's a little bit of like this um they're squabbling for power, but also this there there has to be someone out there who well think about this though is the one in charge, and no matter how much they squabble for power, they still have to be under that person. And for maybe for a lot of these Imperials, that's Thrawn at the moment. They see that him as the well at the moment, yeah, it know. would be Thrawn, even though they have Project Necromancer um, to Real resurrect thing. Sidious. Back to like you know the Imperials. Seeing Pelion, because Pelion was one of my favorite characters in the expanded universe, is you know Thrawn's right hand man, the man that you know negotiated. Oh yeah, the, they brought him back. Yeah, they um he negotiated the accords um for the New Republic with Moth Mothma in the comic books, in the books of the expanded universe, as the one that you know signified as the end of the Galactic Civil War and that the Empire would go away. What was left of it? So having him there or you know finally being brought to live action because even in Star Wars Rebels we didn't even get a sim of like a, a characterization of him all we got was a voice mm-hmm. but with him now yeah. like it's bringing back some like that um expanded universe no i do like how they're sneaking in stuff well dave filoni i mean we can thank him for that <laughs> by the way he was in the finale yes he was he was in the background at the canteen wearing his hat yeah, no. Just wearing, regular day Filoni. Regular day Filoni wearing basically a Cad Bane hat, a duster. Yeah, essentially, yeah, yeah. Essentially, uh, he was just having a chat. Well, he was in Mandalorian uh, in season one or two. He was a X-wing pilot. New yeah, Republic yeah. Pilot. Um, another, here's another thing. A, a big thing I want to talk about. Has Vizsla? What a beast! Right? Yeah. What a true Mandalorian. <laughs> um, when he fought off all the troopers and like beat them and like started brawling them, right? And then, oh shit, the Praetorian guards show up. And yeah. I I wish he would have given them a little bit more of a fight. Um, but I get it. He was tired. He was injured. Um, he was a little bit outclassed. And- and outclass, definitely outclass, because Praetorian guards are able to, to fight, fight Jedi. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, but his death, while sad, it was epic, and he brought pride to the Vizsla name. So I was laughing because, you know, all these TikToks, you know, it said, like, you know, every guy um, has Vizsla's death em- um, envisioned what most nerds think of their final stand. Yeah, <laughs> having everyone escape, and then there, there's you holding the line so they can make their way out. Right. The reality is, oh. they just get shot. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I love that he is just until the Praetorian Guard. And I love up, when he, um, he's just taking hits and like clotheslining the stormtroopers with his fucking arm and shit like his or the mando troopers or whatever you want to call them dark troopers i i love when he just busts out his vibro night blade and his shield against the praetorians there was Um, in this whole season a lot more knife fights 
than in well, any yeah, other let's get Star to the big Wars, ones. And I really let's talk about the big it. ones. Yeah. Uh, so this whole season, Mando was getting sidelined. Grogu was sidelined. He was just for mm-hmm. comedic relief. Um, it was Bo-Katan's story, and I'm fine with that. But so in the the episode before the finale, finale, the penultimate episode, when they captured Mando, I was like, oh, my God, he's going to get rescued again. Either Bo-Katan or maybe Boba or maybe a Jedi is going to come in and save his ass again. But no. He broke himself out. He saves himself. Yeah, that was awesome. He fights off the troopers hand to hand with no weapons. And I love that. And and yeah, Grogu comes in for the assist, of course. Grogu finally uses what he learned from Luke and what he learned from the Jedi Academy. Um, Like his... Abilities and skills are coming back, I think. So the one thing that I thought was cool is, you know, I don't know if you guys knew, like, I I don't know how deep into Jingle Fett lore you were back when they first came out and, like, why Count Dooku selected him to be the the genetic template for the clone army. Mm -hmm. Is that even when bound, Jingle Fett on Concordia Dawn was able to fight off and kill Jedi, just like how um, Din was. Handbound, everything yeah. like that. So well, that's, it reminded me. These last said. couple episodes reminded me a lot of the Clone Wars, just because not just in style, but also because you have an army of Mandalorian style troopers, because that's basically what the clones were. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they had the T visors. They were a clone of an ex Mandalorian for crying out loud. But also, and then like, we just I, do it again. I don't but think better because they have Beskar. I don't think those were the clones of Moff Gideon yet. I don't think so, but I think that was the plan, obviously. Unless that was only going to be the Dark Troopers. Um, I was a little confused at whether or not they were considered Dark Troopers. I don't think no, they were. I, I think Moff Gideon's suit was what he was talking about. It's the, the Dark Trooper suit. Yeah. yeah. But also um, he was saying that the next thing was, you know, to put himself in it in all the suits, basically. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was the plan. And then Mando saw his clones and just flushed them down the toilet. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Smothered them. Before they could breathe. Yeah. No, and I, I what I love about the finale, just the desperation from Mando and Gideon. They're both kind of... Gideon obviously has the upper hand, but after he learns all his clones were killed... They're both just so pissed. Yeah. And then you have Grogu and his little IG-88 mech. Yeah, I love that. IG-11. IG-11, yeah. IG-12. Um, uh, yes, yeah, it's IG-12 now. But that, that didn't last long. But like when Mando, he, I love the scene with R5 disabling the shields, you know, when he fights two at a time and everything. And he slowly acquires their weapons. He grabs a jetpack from them, you know, all that. Mm-hmm. But then Mando, he's like, he tells Bo Katan, he's like, basically, fuck it. You go with the Mandalorians, uh, regroup. I'm go- I'm going after Gideon. Yeah. Solo. He's just like, like just, <laughs> just going for he's it. He's just like, I'm and here. I got it. It's, it's someone's got to do even it. Even when so. Gideon is way overpowered and his uh, dark trooper armor. Mando still tries to hand to hand him. 
Yeah. And he was um, going to no matter what. Oh, yeah, definitely. And then the Praetorian guards show up, and then Grogu, they almost kill Mando. Grogu saves them. They go after Grogu. And that desperation when Mando's like, no, when they're going after Grogu, like, that yeah. I really felt that. And I like that like, they, I was there they were him. still able to give Bo-Katan a moment to face Gideon, but the way they set yeah, that up I is love- she steps in when it made sense for her to be there in the first place. Well, and as soon as she steps in, she goes, go help Grogu. She's in the aerial battle and everything. And I love the armor. You know, we get to see her bash heads in, in the air, you know, all that. Yeah. Um, the armor. But yeah, yeah she the, just, yeah. Bo-Katan just happens to see Mando getting beaten by Moff Gideon and flies in for the yeah. save. Um, I, I want yeah, to mention in this episode um the fight that i thought was i think the best fight in this season was um when he takes on those um jet troopers in that hallway with the different like yeah, that's what gates. i was talking about like the yeah. knife fighting and yeah he throws and, a and, knife at the guy and the guy falls back and but but know. the entire idea of like where he's he's telling r5 to turn off the gates um made a really creative like Fight well, yeah, and the fucking mouse really droids. Well. Yeah, I thought that was mouse a really, just harass really... R five. Yeah. Now is R five the same one from New Hope? Yes. Mm-hmm. That's what I thought. Yeah. He went from being um, a scared coward to a to and a. And he was a in Legends. He was in Legends. Force he was sensitive. Force sensitive. <laughs> no, that was never canon. It was never canon. In Legends, I mean. Not, no, not even in Legends. It wasn't canon. It was just it was a comic a, book. Run. It was a what-if comic, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, but no, it um, is the same. And he's a fucking rebel spy, too. Fucking spy. I, like, I like when the um, what's that, X-Wing pilot comes in. Tav on. Is that his name? Tav? Teeve? Teeve, some, I don't know. Uh, but he comes Teeve in, and they're like, "Where did? how'd you find us? He's like, I have someone amongst your ranks who served with me in the rebellion, and it's fucking R five. R five. R five comes out, and I'm like thinking maybe a Mandalorian served and then took the creed again. <laughs> yeah, I like that Mando trusts droids now a little bit. A little bit. Um, Not a lot. He's got R five. A little PTSD came out when he saw the battle droids and the B two. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I I love how he's just kicking them. <laughs> so my favorite one ever is you know when they pay homage to the Unot from the season one when he's like, I am Din Djarin, the Ugnot, friend yeah. of, oh, I can't remember his name right now. Yeah. But, but they're he's... like, I am friend to this. I have spoken. Yeah. And, and, mm-hmm. and Bo-Katan's like, what the fuck was that? And he's like, you got to speak to them a certain way. <laughs> yeah. Um, that was really now good. Now the whole um, fight, the fight with uh, Mando and the Praetorian guards. Loved it. I, thought that I was love good. how, yeah, Grogu obviously helped him out and saved him a couple times with the Force, but it was mostly Mando soloing three Praetorian guards. And he was like, for yeah, some like exploiting that. the gaps in their armor really in a really smart way. And well, because like he that. knows he was shooting at their feet, he was going for the gaps in their armor. What, one thing the, that I mean, you know. this the Mandalorian in general, not just this episode of the season, does really well is that a lot of fantasy and sci-fi has a tendency to like have characters wearing armor, but then the armor gets generally just ignored in actual fight scenes and actual choreography. And that well, doesn't you know, happen they already, in this. 
Like he, they can't do that because they already established that best car is essentially it's lightsaber resistant or proof mm-hmm. even to, uh, but, yeah. to an extent. But but they um, they they handle that really well in this where he's he's not just hitting them. He's taking trying to get them on the ground so he can stab them in the throat type of thing. Yeah. But that scene showed see- me that, yeah, Mando can really hold his own because the Praetorian guards could give Jedi Knights trouble. Um, so I saw now, this- one of the things, real quick, one of the things I was thinking about before the finale, I was like, are they going to bring Ahsoka or Luke? And I was like, I part of me would love that. Another part of me would be like, what would they do? Because if you bring in Luke and you have him struggle against Praetorian guards, that weakens Luke. Mm-hmm. And if you wanted to stay true to his character, he would just wipe the floor of him, no problem. So wouldn't it be that interesting? Also, I think looking same back thing on with Ahsoka; it, she would wipe the floor of him too. Looking back on it, it also just wouldn't make sense for a Jedi to show up. Like, well, why, I think the why only would re- Luke think- be there? I think the yeah. only reason is because of Grogu. Yeah, he would sense he's in danger, you know, that kind of thing. Um, I, I'm wondering I what you so. guys... Well, I, unless... I continue, yeah, sorry. Uh, this is a Unless Luke had the whole idea of, well, Grogu made his choice. He chose the Mandalorian. Yeah. yeah. So I'm... That's, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. I, I'm wondering what um, you guys think I want to talk about briefly. Um, earlier in the season, what do you guys think of the Coruscant stuff that happens okay Honestly, so that's kind of the most contentious thing you go tristan i want to hear what you think of this one so for me what i love i love a good subterfuge subterfuge um kind of s movie like captain america's um uh, the winter soldier espionage, yeah i like espionage yeah. and i love the imperial agent that you know supposedly went through her rehabilitation but was still loyal to the empire i love that idea of even at its beginning of the New Republic, it was already doomed to fail because of internal oh, yeah. subterfuge and, you know, it's basically infighting. But I, I, nice I like to... the inclusion of um, those, like, really rich people in the opera house where they're just like, they're just like, New Republic, re- Empire, Old Republic, it doesn't matter for us. Who cares? I'm rich. I'm like that was a cool inclusion because it's just like showing that one of the reasons why the New Republic doesn't work is because you still have the most powerful people in the galaxy. Never content with the Empire, just don't give a shit. Um, one well, I love how it reflects history uh, in some <laughs> ways, like real world history. How uh, the U.S. government gave amnesty to ex-Nazi scientists, you know that kind of thing to, to help mm-hmm. form NASA, you know that kind of thing. Um, and the whole but I, honestly with that, thing they're doing is kind of kind of weird and and yeah and the whole and thing I thought with some that ways episode, immoral like brainwashing people. I liked seeing Coruscant. It's a trap. Again. <laughs> Definitely liked seeing Coruscant again, but I, that episode did not vibe with the series. They were trying to be Andor. My problem and, is that so and it didn't really yeah. I, don't know. I mean andor they have scenes much. like this in andor but it works in andor because that's a drawn out like long kind of a slice of life type of series well and then mando's the ways. adventure of the week yeah um you know and also my other problem is other than moff gideon fighting out finding out that the pirates were defeated on navarro 
um, it doesn't pay off in any way. They don't bring back these characters. Well, you have the spy. Well, that, that, uh, that mind and, wipes. And, um, well, and she mind Dr. wipes him, Pershing. but then you don't see Dr. Pershing again. You only see her again when she tells Moff Gideon that the pirates were defeated on Navarro by the Mandalorians. And then, and then it moves on completely. And I'm like, I would. What did you think of the pirates? I thought they were cool. It was a little bit on the nose for me. Yeah, it's like they were literally space pirates. But there <laughs> have literally been space pirates before in Star Wars, though. Hondo, like Hondo. Yeah. No, yeah, it doesn't. I guess you know, and you have the Western parts with Cad Bane and stuff. So I guess it makes sense. Yeah, you have that, the different that's genres an established part of the. Star Wars canon is that there are space pirates who are just literally space pirates. <laughs> yeah. Um, drinking rum and everything. Like, yeah. Uh, or whatever. I liked, I liked them. I thought they were, I don't know, they provided a cool set piece, I guess. See, back to like the whole like Coruscant episode, there are certain aspects I liked. Like, it explained why, you know, there was no Republic Navy, real military presence of the Republic. When they're talking about, we're still de- deconstructing the Alliance fleet. And it's like, you yeah. just won a war. You're going to really deconstruct and, now. Yeah, that's so fucking stupid. And, and what's then, his yeah. name? Who's kind of buddies with the Mandalorians. Well, not the, the Mandalorians, but Din Djarin. He the relies rebel, on the, the Mandalorians. Re- the rebel captain guy, yeah. I mean, <laughs> The Mandalorians I, saved Navarro. The I'm man, also... He's re- like I'm by also the end of the really season, disappointed that they they brought in the cameo from the guy. It's the actor who's in like Dewey Cox, where he's oh yeah, you know where the the guy in uh, Dewey Cox, the the black guy who's like the you never once paid for drugs. That guy, um, they brought him in as like a New Republic like colonel, colonel, and they never they didn't do anything with him. He's just in one scene and he doesn't even do anything funny. He's a really funny actor. Like that was a that was a missed opportunity as well because he's yeah, that's Tim Meadows. Yeah, yeah. See though, I I I know I keep going back to it, but I love the character of the the spy that's in the New Republic. She's a great character, and well, she knows how to manipulate the system, and it's just so. There's so many regulations they have to go through. Like at the end of the season, where Mando's like, "Hey." I'm a bounty hunter. I'll hunt down Imperial warlords for you for the new Republic. And he's like, well, with the regulations, everything, I don't think they would let it happen. He was like, just don't tell him. Yeah. No, he's just like, you already decided. Yes. He's yeah. like, you, you want me doing it. And you know that we can figure out a way to do this under the table. Oh, and another big, so let's do it. I talked about <laughs> Grogu is officially a Mandalorian apprentice now adopted yes. by Din Djarin. Din this Grogu. is the way. Cheers. This is the way. Now this let's just um Grogu is a gold mine of a character. Yeah. Because his species at least lives to 900 years old. They're extremely powerful to force, as we've seen, at least with Yoda. And Grogu, obviously, and like when he blocks all the, the ex- explosion and everything. Like we haven't even seen Yoda do something like that. I unless he did it in the Clone Wars. I don't know. But um He's naturally very powerful to force, but he's going to be a Mandalorian. And the last yeah. Mandalorian Jedi who was pre Vizsla? No, that was been um, Tar Vizsla. Tar Vizsla. Pre Vizsla. Oh, Tar Vizsla. Yeah, Tar Vizsla. Yeah, 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 yeah. I get the Vizslas mixed up. I do too. 
That's why, I we, have have expected... That's why we have Tristan here. <laughs> I have Bakar expected Grogu. Like... I have expected him to wield the dark saber at some point. No, and gone. just fucking murder the Praetorian oh, guard. Oh, jumping around. Okay, real quick, yeah. real quick, real quick. I do have one one thing. You know, both you guys, you know, study you know classic literature and everything. What was your take on the symbolism of the the the, the dark saber being destroyed? Honestly, uh well, I think Bo-Katan, she learned from Mando that because he told her that the Darksaber doesn't mean anything to him. He cares about honor, the mm. creed, you know, that kind of stuff. Uh, that the Darksaber, yes, while a mighty weapon, you don't need the Darksaber to unify Mandalore. You need a strong leader. And... Yeah, and I bet they're going to try to repair it. I don't know if the armor could do it. I don't know. But um, we also have the other Mandalorian MacGuffin, the Mythosaur. Yeah. Which that's the main thing that disappointed me. We didn't see the Mythosaur come into battle or anything. No one wrote it. They're obviously saving that because we'll talk about the future of Star Wars here in a second. But um you know, you have Grogu, he has the connection with the Mythosaur. He obviously has Obi-Wan's force ability to, um, I forget what it's called, but the beast controller or whatever. Um, Bestiality? Ah, no, not that one. <laughs> so, but, okay, so, you know, back to, you know, like, back home, bring it back real quick. Colton, you were going to say something, but this is what I see it like, you know, it's kind of like the One Ring. You know, entire like wars were fought over this saber. It's caused destruction of Mandalore because someone was trying to control it rather than, you know, trying to lead the people. Yeah. We are so easy. Yeah. We are so easily distracted and deceived by trinkets and useless traditions. When you look back into Mandalorian like lore and stuff, the whole thing with the Mythosaur, like Jackson said, the other MacGuffin. Why is that a MacGuffin in the first place? Because Mandalore the Ultimate or Mandalore the Great, which one? I don't remember which one it was. Mandalore uh, the Uniter. Uniter, yeah. Um, He tamed it. It wasn't about the Mythosaur. It was about his deed. Yeah. Well, the Mythosaur is obviously... Why is the Darksaber so important? Because Tar Vizsla did something that no other Mandalore could do. Well, it I wasn't think you're, because of the Darksaber. It was because I think of you're Tar underselling v- those. Did. I think you're underselling the Mythosaur bit. It's an extremely mighty kaiju-like beast, you know. But and but that but that's my 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 point is is would be you, a big aid. You have you have the Mandalorians as a culture. They get they 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 put so much value into these MacGuffins when they're well, yeah they get too they get too hung up on it. Yeah, when they're forgetting, why do we like these things in the first place? Why is the Mythosaur a big deal? It's a big deal because our first uniter tamed this mighty beast, and through his strength, he was able to do it. So we followed him. It wasn't because yeah. of the mythosaur. It was because of what he did with the mythosaur. And yeah. it's the same thing um, with the the dark saber. That that's what I take from this: the dark saber being destroyed. Of it, it's 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 
this moment in Mandalorian history where it's uh well let's let go of the trinket and focus on what we actually do. Well, you know, the yeah. different tribes are finally united. And now it's even easier because they're not hung up on who has the Darksaber at the yeah. moment. And, and, um, the, and I, and will I say, love if the how Moff Gideon comes into play. If the Mythosaur comes into play, it will matter. But hopefully it will matter because of the feat of taming it. Not just because well, Grogu could just use the force and, you know, <laughs> but still, but still, I'm, I'm hoping that when it comes into play, it comes into play and they they're like the feat of taming this. So they t- they they not Grogu just because it? it's there. Grogu would be Mandalore, the new Mandalore to grave. He rode the Mythosaur. <laughs> yeah. Mandalore the small. Well, in, in, yes. in, le- in Legends, the Mama other Mighty. in Legends, the other MacGuffin. That and 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 this is the whole thing of I think the MacGuffins like the dark saber is what leads Mandalore into falling. So you take in Legends, the other MacGuffin was um the mask of Mandalore, the ultimate, yeah. which Revan stole made so out all, of so all the I don't remember what it was made was out it of Mythosaur bone. I don't remember what it was made out of, but that it doesn't matter really what it's it made was. of. That but you know, this this was a symbol of of leadership. Revan stole it. So all the Mandalorians followed him and the events of that whole situation led to Mandalore being in a worse situation. Well, yeah, just like when Before. Maul defeated a pre in battle, if I'm correct. Yes. He got the Darksaber and he had so many Maldalorians following his footsteps. Mm-hmm. Um, instead of weighing in by honor and by the creed, they're like, oh, he's the most powerful guy and he has a Darksaber, so we're going to follow him. Yeah. So I think the destruction of the Darksaber as a moment in Mandalorian history would be at in the long run, a positive thing. Well, and I love how Moff Gideon knew he couldn't have it. So no one so else he could just have destroyed it. it. So straight up. When he told Bo-Katan, he was like, I'll give you the warrior's death. If you hand me the, the dark saber straight up. And she did. She originally gave him the dark saber to try to save the Mandalorians. And it's like, duh the empire doesn't give a shit they don't keep their word um and they nuked the fuck out of mandalore yeah essentially straight military (laughs) man when if they had a death star back then they would have just destroyed the whole planet Mm -hmm. well maybe not because the best car that's you know that's a really rare powerful resource Metal. so maybe not well like it's in exploded i don't know how much you guys watch star wars rebels mm-hmm. i haven't they, seen that much so sabine ran oh. the reason why she fights the empire is not because you know she wants the rebel cause to continue on in my opinion she feels guilt for what she did and in rebels sorry spoilers for everybody sabine was one of the house um was a part of the house the house ran bent the knee to the empire and swore fealty to Gar Saxon and the Empire. Because mm-hmm. uh, Gar Saxon was put in charge of that kind of section of the planet. But Sabine Wren designed a system, a weapon system, that killed the users, uh, or the, the wearers of the Beskar armor, and left the Beskar intact. And then they turned her weapon on the people, on her people, and that's the when she became a rebel. Yeah. Well, what do you think of the Sabine live action and the Ahsoka trailer? 
I am hesitant, but with them doing like Dave Filoni doing an amazing job right now of you know being true to the source material and you know not going too heavily deep, you know, because you know me, I I I, I overcommit to things when it comes to like lore <laughs> stuff. Yeah, especially if I can sit there and watch it, I I will commit to it. Um, but that's the only thing that. I'm not worried personally. I'm I'm all for it. I need to catch up on Rebels, but even without watching Rebels, I'm super excited for the Soka show. I know enough about the characters, you know, Hera, Sabine, all that, the Ghost Crew. But that's my only worry is that maybe a, the Soka series will be a little distant to the casual fans. Um, but you know. The casual fans have seen her in The Mandalorian. They're like, oh, yeah, she's a cool Jedi. Well, so, I'm not a Jedi. You know, this is what I got to say. Know, to this. You know, like the Clone Wars was for the next generation, you know, the generation that kind of came after us and they grew up watching yeah. it. And then, you know, they grew up watching, you know, if they chose to watch the Rebels. So for them, this is normal, you know, like. Oh, yeah, if definitely. If you know who Ahsoka is, then you are not a casual fan. You're like. Oh, this is this is this is the way. Well, I think Ahsoka's a little bit more of a casual fan character now because that's, she was a Mandalorian, she was a live action. That's the thing. That's it, you know it's why I would say the the mentality of if you know about this stuff, you're not a casual fan. It's like, well, I mean my experience talking to people is that you either are really into Star Wars or you're not at all mm-hmm. at this point. Right. Either you just watch the movies or you don't. Well, watch you know, any there's people, there's people out there, guys, that like the sequel trilogy. Yes. And, I, and good I, for I, them. I, you know what? May the force bless them you know, The new generation that grew, the generation okay. that grew up with the sequel trilogy, if they love it, I don't want to take that away from them. Well, it's like us. But that's just not my Star Wars. It's like it's our generation. Not, like, we love exactly. the prequel trilogies because it's because what we grew up on, you know, it was new and coming out. Yeah. And then original fans, you know, they, they were kind of haters. They're like, I think most, I think most of the boomer fans have come on to the sequel. I mean, to the prequel trilogy now. No, um, but yeah. Just but like yeah, at the time, at the time it was, uh, you know, it was whack, but, um, Let's talk like about the future of Star Wars. Real quick. Um, In a second. I will say what Colton told me a long time ago about Star Wars. I think it was you. Star Wars is a is for the kid, is for kids. That's its whole market is kids and toys. Yeah, and to sell toys. Right now, like with everything coming out, can you imagine if we were kids at this time, you know, all the stuff coming out? We would have real no social lives. <laughs> well, I, mean, I, mean, I mean, the way they're the way they're making Star Wars now, it's not just for the kids anymore. It's for the fans. Well, yeah, too. Andor is your but, grown up Star but Wars. At the end know. of the day, yeah, it's this art. It's this idea that it's okay if there's Star Wars content that is for kids. That is for kids because yeah. ultimately, at the end of the day, the most important thing that star Wars can do is to a sell toys and B get a new generation video of games into star Wars. I'm so excited for Jedi, uh, survivor. 
That looks pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> but I will say this. Al Kestis. It took me forever to like Star Wars Rebels. I had to get past the the animation. The animation is what stopped me, honestly. I, I didn't I, I like the Clone Wars animation and it's I think really they took a slow step down. first season too. And I I found Ezra Bridger kind of insufferable. Yeah. It wasn't until but, you know who two. else was insufferable? Jar Jar Beats. Soka. Well, yeah. Um, and that's so great. He, they brought him his the actor back yeah, yeah. On, on a desk. Oh yeah, Master. What he was, was it? Kim and Hell? Yeah. Yeah, he's the one that saved Grogu. Uh, that was great. Okay, well, real quick, before we go on to the future Star Wars, yeah. I'm kinda annoyed that they didn't give us more than that. Yeah. I'm okay. Yeah, well, with I halfway expected Anakin to walk in, um, <laughs> just because you know maybe they could film some scenes while he did Obi Wan, you know. Yeah. But then seeing that Naboo starfighter from the from the Clone Wars, I love that so that much. Great. I love yeah. Mando. Just I has saw a it and I was hot like, rod. Yeah, he has a hot no, rod sorry, in no, one. Sorry, the, the the yacht that rescued Grogu. Yeah, yeah, he uh, Ahmed Best takes him to the yacht, and it's the Naboo soldiers that come out and start shooting at the clones. And oh, also, yeah. yeah, just think of it this way: Naboo has forever affected Grogu's life because now Grogu's dad's over there hot riding an N1 starfighter. <laughs> yeah. um, Naboo um, smuggled him off a of Coruscant. True. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I love how, yeah, I love how that's Mando's Starfighter now. I, I miss the Razor Crest, though, because it's going to be pretty hard to bounty hunt with a that, Starfighter. That was, that was a really, but, uh, well. I guess he'll just kill him now. You're <laughs> hunting Imperial Remnants. You don't have to take him in alive. No. Well, we see what happens when you take him in alive. They just escape again. Yep. Yep. It's like... On the way That's to trial. That's what Batman never learned. Yep. <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, the future of Star Wars. So, yeah, we had a lot of announcements in Star Wars Celebration. Um, yeah, we got the Soka trailer. And I, Tristan, I want to know what you, what do you think of these dark side users in the Soka trailer with the orangish lightsabers and all that? So, we did learn, you know, there are cults still within. You know, cults that worship the dark side, light side, everything like that throughout the galaxy still. Would it be too far removed, you know, a Jedi youngling that was funneled out of the war zones and everything like that, being adopted by these, um, being adopted by these cults, and then they're learning about it, and then they learn lightsaber style, fight combat style. I mean, even the Mandalorians themselves had a fighting style with swords when you see the the um the armor teaching Din Djarin how to use it. Mm-hmm. It's not too far removed, and there's so much still. Like Order sixty six still has its it's you can still see its lasting effects within the oh, Star definitely. Wars canon and within the Star Wars canon because you scattered an entire bunch of Force sensitives into the wind, but that didn't stop Force sensitive beings from being born. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's kind of like you know you. If you're on a planet that's kind of backwater, 
you see someone able to do something with their mind or do strong feats of, you know, something like that, they're going to be revered as, you know, like saviors, gods, superheroes. Yeah. The so, one like, guy looks very old Republic to me. But also like, mm-hmm. but also, you know, in Star Wars has done these weird things where people who are from the old Republic are making appearances during the rise of the empire because stasis pods or suspended animation and everything mm-hmm. like that. It's not. Yeah. And that's, I'm wondering if maybe he is like an old Republic guy somehow. And well, because we have the world between worlds mm-hmm. and that's yeah. what I'm a little worried about. I'm like, how far are they going to go into time travel with star Wars? See though, Ahsoka is a, um, the Ahsoka that we see now is the product of the world in between worlds because she was saved from her actual fate by Ezra Bridger, where she would have probably been struck down by Anakin on Man- um, Malice, not Malastare, um, Mandacore. Mm-hmm. But if you really think about it too, like um, Jedi that are reading into like you know they have no other way like. You know, we see Ezra, we see Luke and everyone like that. They're finding ways from masters and everything like that. Someone who was a part of the order or what. The, and then there's now younglings who are just pretty much imitating what they read about from the old Republic scripts. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, they're, you know, we imitate what we know. And if you don't know anything, you're going to imitate the first thing you see. True. Especially when you're looking for, oh shit, why did I was able to push that woman off the building without touching her? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. We, I, and it, yeah. I'm so glad they're bringing the ghost crew back, back and everything, you know. Like, oh, yeah. Oh, Zeb showing up on freaking. Zeb, yeah, he was a Mandalorian. I didn't even realize it was Zeb. I thought, I just assumed it was. It's been a while since his I've race. watched Rebels, so I just assumed it was another guy of his race. Um, but no, it was the voice actor and everything. It was, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, Once I heard it, I was like, I know that salty voice. But that, that <laughs> I, I like, I like when they handle cameos like that. I, I think these like um, dark side users in the Ahsoka trailer. I think they're gonna be. I don't know where they'd be from, but I think they're gonna be related to that Sith cult that we see on, on Exegol. Exegol. In some way, maybe. they're gonna be related to that, maybe. Maybe failed yeah. inquisitors. I don't think that I think they're Maybe. separate from inquisitors. I well, in the the orange, you know, lightsaber core, you know, they're not pure orange, they're kind of a blood orange. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe that indicates that maybe they tried to bleed the crystal, but it didn't work, you know, or you know, they tried maybe they still have a little light side in them, you know. I don't know, or 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 or. We really, we never really got the answer. What happened to the Inquisitors after after Vader? I assume they die. <laughs> I would hope they died because they're the worst. You know, freaking. A lot of them are dead by the end. A lot of them are dead. Most of them are. Vader killed a few himself. By by the time the original trilogy happens, most of the Inquisitors are dead, either by the hands of. But we see Ezra, an Inquisitor. Or Ahsoka or Obi-Wan or Cal Kestis. We do see an actual Inquisitor in the trailer with a red yeah. Inquisitor saber, dual saber. Okay, so I want to ask you guys something. You know, we never got a definitive answer to what happened to Barris Afi. Some people are still trying, you know, for years and years, they're trying to get 
you know, Barris after you became an inquisitor. I don't think that's a reality. Just because what she was um, pushing during the um, the wrong Jedi's um, arc is more or less, I feel like Vader would have just killed her or someone would have killed her because her views don't align yeah. with the Empire. Yeah, I'm not sure. But where do you guys stand on that? Mm. I don't know. I... I, I don't get the impression that they're going to bring Berezofi back, really. Um, I really hope they don't. She would be pretty old place. by the time of Ahsoka. True. Ahsoka. She would be. She, she would be I mean, Ahsoka's she's in her 40s. She's in, she's, least, yeah, she's, definitely in her 40s. Berezofi is supposed to be like around Ahsoka's age, maybe a little bit older. And that Bo-Katan's like in her 50s. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know about Barisafi. That would be no, a weird uh, one. Leading into the future of Star Wars. Well, actually, the past. So they announced a few new movies. Dave Filoni's doing one of them in the New Republic era, which a lot of people are speculating that it's going to basically be an heir to the Empire movie. But modified with these new characters, with the Mando of Grogu, with Bogotan. Pretty much that. being a Avengers level threat. I mean, sorry. Threat. A, a, um, what, would, what would we, the Felonian, the uh, Felony Avengers threat? <laughs> yeah. Um, but also, we're getting, so James Mangold, who did Logan, which I love that movie, is doing The Dawn of the Jedi. 25,000 years before the Battle of Yavin. And even before the Old <laughs> Republic. So what do you think that's all going to be about? The, dawn the, Jedi, the Jedi is going to be spelled, or it's going to be pronounced Jedi. It not Jedi. Be. Jedi. I think this could be really cool, but my, my worry is that it's going to be just so full of exposition that it's going to come off as treating the audience like they're stupid which i mean the audience is stupid <laughs> yeah but 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 even if the audience is stupid you should never treat the audience like they're stupid it comes it, even no. if even if the information like the audience doesn't know that information um it ends up the a lot of the worst like fantasy movies are ones that just spend half the fucking movie just explaining shit to you about the world. Well, I think this movie could be end up being very visual, very epic, you know, a big fantasy epic, you know, something we haven't really seen in Star Wars, you know. And I would love to see like the force imbued swords, you know, stuff like that. Rebel blades. Um, I, I think yeah. as far as ex, as far as exposition, all Ancient they act- Sith. I don't think it's actually that big of a problem. All they actually have to do is just in the opening crawl, Star Wars movies like to do that, right? Just say, this is 25,000 years before the Republic. The beginning of the Jedi. And I think everyone will just be, and then from that point on, they don't have to explain shit. You think we'll see the Sith race? 
that the original be, Sith race. That would be very cool. So you know, do you, you think know, we'll see the where are they called the Infinite Empire? The uh, the Rakatans. The Rakatans. Rakatans. Yeah. I think Maybe. the Rakatans makes more sense than the Sith race. The Sith race comes a little bit later in Star Wars lore. Um, they're not the Sith came quite a lot later than the beginning of the Jedi. Jedi has been around a lot longer. So I have a, I have an idea for the opening crawl. Mm. In a galaxy far, far away, there are exceptional human beings, are exceptional beings imbued with the powers of the Force. They go out there and take on galaxy-wide threats that play the on um, the galaxy. These are their story. Dun dun. Uh, Make a Law and Order episode. I think it'd be great if the Rakan Empire was the enemy, the the, the enemy faction in that movie. Um, That'd be cool. I would like to see the Rakatans and um and see like at the end of like yeah. the end of the like the like the the closing credit scenes you see the Star Forge being built. I would also mm-hmm. like to see the Mozzarellans and the Parmesanans and the um Aragonians and the Calamaris. You guys are missing the point. It's all cheese ricotta. <laughs> Well, that's I was I said a right calamari. <laughs> you guys, that's an Italian you, I was that's say an appetizer. You would get Italian pizza. I'm talking about cheese. I was saying an Italian food. Ricotta, mozzarella, like, parmesan. I thought you were I doing thinking, an Italian thing. No, I was, I was thinking, thinking a pizza. cheese thing because the ricotta well, cheese is Italian, isn't it? It's I'm not, not exclusively it. Italian, though. <laughs> I happen to cheese. mention Italian cheeses there. <laughs> Fine, the cheddars and the. No, I actually, my American. mind when I heard Oregon, once once you said um <laughs> mozzarella and the Parmesanian, mozzarella, Parmesan, my mind went to pizza automatically. Yeah, yeah, I, and that's Italian. And I was making a joke about how the ricottas sound like a cheese, the like ricotta, oh, the, the cheese well, ricotta. Yeah, the Mon Calamari race. Hello. Oh, okay, that's true. Yeah, There's, the the ricottas versus the the ricottas versus the calamaris. Well, the Rakatans would stomp in that. Uh, I bet someone's laughing deal. at us just seeing but our... The ca- but calamari is a lot more expensive than ricotta, though. I gotta say one thing. Is I feel like... Be? Yeah, ricotta. I feel like Michelle's gonna hear this. Expensive. Michelle's gonna hear this um, podcast and just be like, my boys Maybe. are back together. <laughs> um... Maybe. She hasn't listened in a long time, actually. Well, oh, okay, okay, okay. Michelle, if, you, if, you re- if you're listening to this podcast right now, you know, just go on our walls and say, I know. Just, yeah. just put, I know. It's okay, Michelle. I hey, also don't we have Twilight episodes. We have Twilight episodes. <laughs> listen to that. Um, uh, Another movie. So we have the, yeah, Don Jedi, the New Republic movie, which is basically be the Mandalorian movie. And then, uh-oh, a Ray movie. Ray, 15 years after Rise of Skywalker, mm. forming a new Jedi Order. And all I have to say about that is, oh, there's another character that comes from a sand planet that became a Jedi who formed a new Jedi Order. Isn't she pregnant? We never in this got one? to see that. Huh? What? Isn't she pregnant in this one? I don't know. That would be, come out yet. That'd be fun. No, no, no. I seen like release pictures of like the concept and it shows a pregnant Ray wearing her i don't know if it's gonna it's gonna be a little palpatine it's gonna be a little ian mcdermott because he will be in anything they ask him to be in (laughs) 
If they said, so my dude um, said, hey, would you play a baby Palpatine? He would be like, yes, <laughs> I will. The whole Ray Palpatine thing still grinds my gears. I gave, um, I, 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 I tend to forget, you know, about the sequel, I know. The sequel trilogy. Yeah, I purposely forget. But you know, I I heard recently that the original plan was to have Ray to be a descendant of Obi Wan Kenobi. I think she shouldn't have been a descendant of anyone. Personally. I think she should have been her own. Person. I thought that was the point of Force Awakens. Yeah, or no, the, Last Jedi. Uh, Last Jedi of the idea that, like, because I mean, the he's idea, a nobody. The idea that you know Luke loses his connection to the Force, which I don't like, but I don't like anything they did. Before we're going to move past that. Uh, but the idea that that happens and then Palpatine and Kylo Ren and Snoke, so the dark side is so powerful, so the light side creates a very powerful being. The fact that it doesn't have to be some special... Well, speaking of which, is, uh, so I saw a theory. So Anakin and Grogu were born the same year. Mm-hmm. Hmm. What if Grogu was the light side balance? to anakin this whole time or what if well, no, now no. hear me out no what if yoda just did not want to play pay child support so he <laughs> grogu was a child of the force just waited until uh, exactly yeah. i do not want to picture yoda getting down and dirty um, yaddle yaddle yeah of course <laughs> Holy no, God, well, I, I, well, hope... I don't like the idea of that like Yo, that baby, that Grogu, like balances. No, but they Anakin. were born at the same time. But Grogu's well, I, I don't, I don't, old. I don't like that idea simply because there's a lot of other Jedi who are pretty powerful around at the time. That's not the point. The point is the Sith had gained so much power in the galaxy that the Force was doing something to balance it out. Well, yeah, and what I'm saying is, what if Grogu was also conceived of the Force? We don't know anything about Yoda's race. Yeah, anything. What we've learned a tad bit more because of Grogu, but mostly that, oh, yeah, they're babies for a long time. They don't like seagulls. And they don't like seagulls. Seagulls. No, Our sequels. A um, you know, we don't know about the Yoda race. George Lucas never gave us that information. He never will. But it's not in his hands anymore, unfortunately. George Lucas sadly never described the sexual behaviors of Yoda's race. <laughs> of Yoda. But we don't know. I oh, mean, what God. if Yoda's race are just like force beings? I mean, we don't know. Or maybe they're just like little frogs. Maybe well, they eggs. like eating frogs. Yeah. Um, we know Yoda did too on uh Dagobah. I think Kermit is a is a is a natural uh, enemy uh, or natural uh, as natural a, enemy yeah is a is a like a relative of it's a, like a relative's cousin species kermit's force sensitive no kermit no, is um, a natural prey to yoda species yeah i agree with tristan on that one yeah you saw how many frogs grogu ate like he knew their mother was right there the whole time he didn't care Kermit's better than that was his dark side moment. Kermit's better than Yoda, though. <laughs> take that back. No, I will never take that back. <laughs> Banjo playing um, frog. I'll take that over a frog that rides. But like, on, with, okay, back, uh, getting back on, on a topic. teenager's back and tries to convince him to kill his dad. <laughs> no, getting back on topic though. I have no problems, Daisy Ridley. I think she did as good as she could have done with the writing. 
she did not get a character arc. Her character arc was finished by The Last Jedi. Her um, character arc was finished except by the for the time Palpatine she left stuff. Jakku. Mm-hmm. Finn's character arc was finished by the time he crash landed on Jakku. Mm-hmm. And Poe really never had one. Yeah. So this is what I feel like this is <laughs> this this movie is trying to make a redemption for all the characters that they screwed over. It's like we know we fucked up. Yeah. But we're going to keep doing this. We're going to keep acknowledging the sequels. Well, I the think it's better going, if so, they just So here's here's a hot take. They should just stop acknowledging them. Don't yeah, here, try to explain it. Here here's Leave a it hot, alone. Here's a hot take is I don't think they should stop acknowledging the sequels. I think they well, should. They... I think they should go about building. That's lore where I disagree. To... Well, here, listen, listen though. They should go about building lore in a way where it recognizes the events that happen in the sequels, but you don't have to watch the sequels to know what's going on. I don't want to recognize those events. But but hear me out though. It would be really stupid. They killed my be... favorite character in front of me with no but remorse. It would it would undo a lot of work. And we know who that is in the TV shows and all that sort of stuff to simply just stop recognizing the sequels. It would create this gap in the lore where everyone's where, where everyone's like, Oh, either. Okay. We just who don't cares? think about that. Or well they're if they're trying to build out a decent fictional universe, they can't just ignore an entire section of the, lore. well, and, it's and it, one and it, year of the lore. The whole first order saga is one year. No, it's about three years. If you look at the timeline, it's actually one year, the whole sequel trilogy, though. But but the First Order was around for longer than just one year, though. Well, yeah, they were growing. Yeah, so yeah, so the idea, my, my point is, like, they I shouldn't... I get that. I, my point is not that not about how they should bring back Daisy Ridley and John Boyega and all those characters and stuff like that. My point is... They shouldn't pretend like the first order. Just ignore the existence of the first order as a concept. I agree with you there. That's, I, I think that's it should my just point. Be a thing. It should be a thing that happened. They acknowledge it, but then they just continue. That that's, that's, that's better. No, that, things. that's that's exactly what I'm saying. Is they they need to go. About but going back to John Boyega, Finn was robbed of a good character. He oh, could yeah. have been the main focus of the sequel trilogy. Or. Ax stormtrooper that ends up becoming a Jedi. I mean, they hinted that in The Force Awakens. He wields saber, and he actually survives against Kylo Ren for a little bit. You know, um, he should have been a Jedi, yeah, or at least started his training. And maybe he'll be in the new one, but I think John Boyega is pretty much like done with it. Um, <laughs> yeah, he doesn't. As seem far like as he, I know, he seemed like he was burned by Star Wars pretty bad. Like he's not. Most of those people were. Harrison Ford was smart enough to just, you know, die. have Han Solo get killed. Yeah. He wanted him to die. Return of the Jedi. That's how fed up he was already. Uh, <laughs> but it will be interesting to see what they do with Ray. I mean, I would love to see her I, as a well fleshed out character, but yeah. No, no, my 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 whole rise point, of Skywalker though, killed all my hope. My my whole with... point with the sequel trilogy is that it would do more damage than good to just completely pretend it doesn't exist, like those events in the Star Wars universe. But they can go about it in a way where 
you can watch all the Star Wars stuff except for the sequel trilogy and still understand what's going on. You know, it does that make sense? Yes. Like, like they can still say, I see what you mean. First but... order is a thing. Uh, the re- the resistance was okay. okay. That, I get all that you. Sort I got of stuff. These general events happened. You don't have to watch the movies. Jackson like, has to. Yeah, that that's. I have to point. take a step back here because, like I said earlier, for the fans that do like the sequel trilogy, we this can't. Is their just, moment. We can't ruin their moment. True. And we can't rob them of this. You know all I'm the laugh one you day. Know, Colton, all the mark hard- my words right now. Mark my words right now. I'm going to laugh when the one day Jackson has a kid and that kid says, Dad, Ray is my favorite Jedi. Jackson's going to die that day because he's going to have an aneurysm. And already am. <laughs> the sequel trilogy is better than the prequels and the original. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Oh. Um, yeah, I probably would die that day. No, but honestly... Um, no, I get what you're saying, but I think they still mostly need to just continue and do different things. I I agree um, that they they should just they sh- they should just move on. They destroyed. My, they didn't my, only kill Luke. They destroyed his character. Yeah. My my general and, point is that the sequel trilogy happened, and that. trying to do trying to put so much effort into backstepping and trying to pretend like it didn't is gonna distract from what could be with star wars well it's like right now they're like, doing uh, a controlled fire of like you know these shows are explaining the the bigger aspects of opening questions that were left by the prequel or the sequels yeah. or, like, or, or trying like, to fix it patch it together honestly where where i think mandalorian is going and ahsoka all this is going I think they're going to recognize they're already doing stuff that's recognizing things with the sequel choice. They're recognizing well, Project the prob- Necromancer. And- yeah, they're recognizing these things, the problems with the, the New Republic and all that sort of stuff. But they're doing it in a way where oh, you, yeah. can wa- you can watch The Mandalorian. You don't have to go and watch the sequel trilogy to understand what's going on. But they're still yeah. recognizing I- that this is a part of the timeline and we have to work around it. And also, like I said, they're building it's so good, though. of the sequels, yeah. especially with like how easily the New Republic fell. What's so great, though, it's a yeah. small part of the timeline. So if you choose yeah. not to why I care th- about it, you don't have to. It's also why I think <laughs> they should really just go back and do a bunch of old Republic shit because then they can. But I, I can tell you, this, this is going back to Mandalorian season, going back to Mandalorian season two. When Luke faced off and wiped the floor at the Dark Troopers, that was my favorite moment in Star Wars. Just like his daddy. That was awesome, yeah. Seeing Luke at the, maybe not the peak of his power, but just a powerful Luke Jedi Master, how I envision, how most people envision him, right? And and also the training sequences with Grogu, seeing him be a good Jedi Master. Yeah. And and yeah, just seeing Luke. Like just, how it felt. So yeah, seeing Luke being a badass was amazing, but then seeing him be a good master, um, just that's how I always pictured Luke. Uh, and even Mark Hamill, look at all his interviews where he says, I wasn't playing Luke. This was a different character. I, 
Luke would never do this. You know, you would never abandon hope. He mm. might have a fallout for like a year, but not 30 years. Yeah. You know, um, just real quick, just real quick. Yeah. The one thing that I thought was pretty cool. I lost my train of thought. I just lost my train of thought. What I was going to say. Yeah, because you were trying to think about something cool about The Last Jedi, weren't you? No. The, it was, the holdover it was like maneuver. A, that was cool. Broke the no, lore, it but it was cool. It wasn't that. There was something about... I was about <laughs> to say that actually, you know, I thought was pretty cool, but now I, I lost my train of thought on it. Because I, I knew I was trying to figure out how to word it so you wouldn't attack me. <laughs> to the screen. <laughs> well... I actually like The Last Jedi. I mean, yeah, they took very courageous choices of Luke. I don't like what they did with Luke, but it's still a way better movie. It's the best movie of the sequel trilogy. I The Force Awakens just played it so safe. They had the same enemy faction. You know, they had the same characters. Rey was literally from a desert planet. I mean, why wasn't she just also from Tatooine? Like, at that point. Like, yeah. I don't know. But, you know, it was just the new hope remastered you know uh uh-huh, yeah it was it was last jedi and, at least was bold in what it was doing and then rise of skywalker backpedaled on that but then just made a dumb movie rise of skywalker where, you know, ray is legitimately one of the really dumbest movie, i think uh, like ray gets the sif dagger and it just so happens to perfectly align with the where she's standing with the dev star where she's standing Oh. I hate it. And just place. the line somehow Palpatine has returned. And because Ryan Johnson decided to just kill Snoke, so they were like, oh fuck, what are we gonna do now? Should have made um, Kylo the villain. They should have. I thought he was. I thought that's yeah. what they were gonna do. Was the and they were like, ah, killing off we Snoke. brought Palpatine back. And bringing Palpatine back, I know they did it in Legends, but I don't think they should ever. I, I think when Vader finally comes back to the light side, throws Palpatine down the Death Star, kills him, brings balance to the Force. He was the chosen one. Anakin was always the chosen one. But then bringing him back, that takes that all away. Yeah. Okay. I but have that's enough. Idea. That's all my sequel rants. That, 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 I have that's a movie. I, I have a movie I'm suggestion. Done about. Okay. You probably need to wrap this up very soon. Okay. okay. I, have a, I, I have a movie suggestion that will satisfy a lot of fans and bring some new members to the fandom. All right. Two Here. words. Star Wars. Opening credit says Star Wars. Blue milk. Milkers. Blue harvest. No, like literally all they do yeah, is make yeah. a movie. Time for well, the yeah, that, that was the working title. Hey Jackson, did you know that the working title of Star of, of Star Wars New Hope was was Blue Harvest? Blue harvest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's a little <laughs> weekly planet cut for you yeah. but no they should just make a Star Wars movie about Star Wars farmers and nerf herders about making blue milk Uncle what, Owen. What, what about our idea of having a as casting Keanu Reeves and he just has a gun and dead dog and a dead dog John Wick and he just does Star John Wars. Wick but in Star Wars Oh, before we... Okay, have you seen the new John Wick? <laughs> yes. No. Loved it. I freaking... I told you I loved it. It was going to be amazing. It's like my f- favorite action movie, maybe. It, it's right so now, good. 
my favorite thing to say is now is I have served and I will be of service. Yep. Such a good movie. You got to see it, Colton. I, I really want to. Yeah. Well, Jackson, I know it's probably almost bedtime for Get you. Get on Blu-ray. Yeah. Yeah, it is. <laughs> um, and, I, and I would really anyway. like to go play Call of Duty and yell at some teenagers. But anyways, uh, <laughs> last thoughts on Mandalorian Season 3. The whole season's general. Give us our reviews. Starting with Colton. Then we'll go to Tristan. It was pretty good. I mean, it compared to season two, I think I had higher expectations for like epicness. But looking back on it, I'm very glad that we got what we got. Yeah, to me, it felt very. Um, well, I'll get my thoughts. You go, Tristan. My only thoughts of season three is this is the way. This is the way. This is yeah. the way. <laughs> That'd because be a good this is ending. Pretty much, like honestly, if you think about it, like we're seeing—I wouldn't say we're at, we're seeing the end of um, Grogu and Din's quest, but you know well, they're doing season four. I know we're not at the end of their quest yet, but you know we're starting to see them go. We're towards, starting a like, new quest. They did a not good job, whereas like season one ended with a cliffhanger. Season two ended with like they could have left it there, but it was still like that's not the happy ending, right? Yeah, we got the happy ending. This is a happy ending. I yeah, that's what I was saying. For further adventures. Like well, Mando and Grogu are gonna go on more adventure, just classic adventures together, because now yeah. Grogu's apprentice. And he has to as, earn his as much as I have issues to put it lightly with Thor love and thunder. I still love the whole, another classic Thor adventure. And that's how I think of this. It's, <laughs> they're going to, we're going to have another classic. Don't compare it to that. Mando movie, adventure. Just, come on. I, I, just, um, I like that line. I just like, <laughs> I was going to say this real quick. Yeah. Yeah. They're setting up Dan and Grogu to retire. They have a home. They have a place to call their own, their father and son. And, you know, Grogu's journey is just starting. Grogu's journey is just starting. Yes. But like I said, they're setting them up. So when they shelve them, we're happy with how they end. Mm -hmm. No, exactly. Unless whenever they're fighting Thrawn, you know, Mando dies in a big sacrifice or whatever. Um, Or or maybe they because we know that's. Or or they set it up where they can fight Thrawn and they defeat Thrawn and then Mando's just like we're gonna go back to our cabin. Well, you know what they're setting up for: Grogu <laughs> clad in Mando armor, mm-hmm. with the Force, with a lightsaber in hand and blaster. Just I want that. I want that shit. A want... murder machine. I want Grogu <laughs> with a helmet and a blaster and his lightsaber. I, oh yeah, yeah, yes. <laughs> All right, Jackson, um, it's your turn. For me, the season felt like a, just a lot of side quests. It, I like what they did with Bo Katan's character, and yeah, the last two episodes and the finale, you know, tied it together. I really love that. It was epic, but it felt like they were just kind of taking a step back and waiting for Ahsoka to come out. For that show. Yeah, maybe. Because I felt like Dave Filoni was 
you know, on the verge of just reintroducing Thrawn again, but he's like, no, I want to do that in Ahsoka with the ghost crew, you know, to make everything tie together and we're getting a new movie. So I felt like this season kind of felt like it needed to just slow down, have some adventures, side episodes, but finish things off with Moff Gideon in a satisfying way. You know, it, it, to, unless to credit, they just bring him back. To but. give credit to Dave Filoni, I mean, I was telling we were talking to Jabos the other day, and I mentioned, I remember, uh, I'm like, Dave Filoni is very good at kind of being reserved in his storytelling when he feels it's necessary. Like he saves these big moments because there's a there's whole seasons of the Clone Wars that don't have like a giant big moment, big moment. Yeah, like, um. And sometimes that's okay. It depends on what we get. Like if Soka ends up to be just well, it more depends this, on what the story then calls. I'm be a little for. annoyed, but <laughs> it depends on what the story calls for. And you know, when Luke returned in season two, Katie Sackhoff didn't even know it was Luke. None mm-hmm. of them did. They were told that I, I forgot who they said it was. I think either Ahsoka or um. What's his name? Kanan Jarrus. Um, that would have been ridiculous if Kanan Jarrus showed up. But then oh, it was okay. It was, real quick. I remember. What okay, my I, I don't want to spoil it for you, Jackson. But that would have been ridiculous. My, if you, my, if you haven't my watched whole... all of Rebels. Oh, you have. <laughs> oh, yeah, he died. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, Kanan Jarrus is so, dead. Yeah. So real quick. Yeah, yeah. I know so my died. favorite part ever is you know all the callbacks, but my most epic callback ever is when Canis Jarrus sacrifices himself on top of Imperial fueling station, and when Grogu holds out the Force, pushing back that flame, that was what Kanan Jarrus did and regained his sight with the Force. So for me, seeing that was just like... Oh, yeah. Like, and so you that know, was everything like... Is, it's all mirrors. It's, it's all poetry. It rhymes, you know. But like with that... <laughs> In that moment, Grogu was protecting those he loved, just like Kanan was. Yeah. And this it proved why Kanan was an unorthodox Jedi. And why Grogu could probably never be a Jedi to what Luke was trying to make him. With no attachment. By removing attachment. Yeah. I love that. I love that Luke gave Grogu the choice. (laughs) No, I do like that. And that's Luke obviously. That's very in character of Luke of learning from the mistakes of the previous Jedi Order. Mm-hmm. But then in the end, the he choice. falls back and falls into it again. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. We don't think about that. We're, <laughs> we don't we're, think we're about gonna, it. We're going to ignore that, Tristan. It, <laughs> like I said, they we're, should we're just gonna, ignore it. We're going to, as we've all agreed, we're going to recognize it happened and never talk about it again. <laughs> yeah. This is the way. Yeah. <laughs> this is the uh, way. <laughs> but no, uh, I, I like the season for the most this part. Is the way. But, uh, this is the way. Um, but yeah, I feel like they were just kind of taking a back step for what's to come. And I, out of all the new Star Wars movies, I'm most excited for Dave Filoni's for sure. Oh, same. Yes. Yeah. Same. Hell yeah. So, you know, but Ahsoka, that comes out what? In um, late summer, August, something like that? June? Is yeah, it really that like- close? Yeah, I think it's pretty close. Yeah, I don't remember exactly when, but I think Jackson's right. Hold on, let me something Google like it that. Bit. Yeah. Anyway, I think though, it's August. Some pretty cool Star Wars stuff. 
I think they're slowly. Oh, August. Slowly making nice. up to the Star Wars fans for the for the big misstep they made before. I think they already have. I, I mean, they up. already have. So, really, what mess up? Uh, yeah, we like it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, I'm just gonna go play Kotor. For a little while, you know, when they brought Luke back and everything in a satisfying way, when he defeated our dark troopers and he was doing the Anakin walk and everything with the hood and like, I was like, okay, I do not have to think about the sequel trilogy anymore. Yeah, they gave me the Luke I wanted. Yep, exactly. Great episode. Great moment for Star Wars. (laughs) I love it. Anyway. We should probably wrap this up, I think. And you know that's why Mob Gideon made sure all their armor was lightsaber proof. Oh, yeah. He's like, I'm not going to make that mistake again. God. But he also, like, he doesn't realize, like, you saw Grogu do it, just pushing Mob Gideon around with the Force. Like, really, with a powerful Force user, it doesn't matter what armor you're wearing. Yeah. There is no, the Death Star's power is only second to that of the Force. Exactly. (laughs) All right. said. Okay, well, uh, final thoughts, uh, one out of, let's say, one out of five stars. What would you rank? Oh, we're doing a five-star Season three of The Mandalorian uh, compared to the first two seasons. Let's do that. Uh, Mm. Tristan, you go first. Four, this is the way. Okay. Four, this is the way. I'd agree. About a four. Considering oh, you're not a 4.5-er? No. Well, I, I was considering I think season two would be a five-star. Season two oh, definitely. Five star yeah, that was so the five-star. I think it's fair to one. say this would be a four. Yeah. So One was probably one, another four. Season one, we'll figure yeah. out whatever that is. Season two, five-star, I have spoken. Season three, four, <laughs> this is the way. This is the way. This is the way. Yes. All right. Um, well, anyways, um, uh, thank you, Tristan, for joining us on that. I always love like talking to Star people, Wars with you. I, um, I fulfilled my yearly contract so I can have my name put back in sometimes Tristan too. <laughs> you did. Um, and yeah, be sure to check out our um, Instagram at All Drunk Pod. Uh, check out the Facebook group if you want. It's private now, but you can still join in. And um, give us a download or subscribe or whatever on your uh, podcast platform of choice yep um, oh, real quick question be appreciated you know, before we go what's mm-hmm. next week's topic that's we're a good on. question you're we're gonna interview your mom oh geez uh, you'll see why i have so many issues <laughs> <laughs> no but honestly we're kind of winging it right now. we're figuring it make out a suggestion? may yeah. may i make a suggestion you can. Yeah, for sure. Bad Batch, but in the idea of the clones. What? Like, the whole point, like, clones in general, like, favorite one, you know, what do you think, what would you like to see them do? Or what do you think they should do? Because I think the clones are technically the first real rebels that gave the Empire trouble. They saying, helped the Empire conflict. become the Empire. <laughs> No, because uh, you know order sixty six. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, the bad batch clones, the bad batch ones. Yes, because they were. Uh, no, no, no. Have you guys watched the new season yet? I no. haven't. 
Okay, then never mind. Oh, uh, we'll, we'll table that for later. <laughs> All I know is that the clones were critical to the rise of the Empire. Yeah. Okay, they, no, I don't want to spoil it for you guys. <laughs> but um, we'll probably also step away from Star Wars for uh, for 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 at least a few. Well, weeks. I think Tristan's got a good idea though. Yeah. It does not have to be. We could talk about the clones in Star Wars, but we could talk about just clones in yeah. any media, just anything, just clones. Ooh. Yeah. The best clones in movies or whatever. Um, you know? Alice in the Resident Evil series. Oh yeah. Mm. Yeah. it's a clone um metal gear metal gear solid maybe kind of yeah. with solid snake and then liquid snake and then whatever. it's confusing <laughs> i don't <laughs> boss was big boss the original right yeah um right no clue oh no kojima's yes? lore he, he it gets question a little mark confusing. there yes que- yeah anyway <laughs> Uh, link tree in the description. Check out all of our links and stuff. Uh, Instagram, Facebook. Sure. Um, also, yeah. um, Austin, our, um, Jackson's OnlyFans, where he shows you how to um, play guitar. Yep. And Tristan's only, and Tristan's OnlyFans, where he paints miniatures. <laughs> and I have and my guitar just with my, high, with my feet. My guitar is high enough <laughs> where you can see a little peak. Because <laughs> it's OnlyFans. That flying, I mean, that, that flying V. You see though, where it's, you know? hey, hey, you see where it start, you see where it ends, but not where it starts. <laughs> That's all we need. It's only like two inches. Above, and above stop it. Okay. And stop on it. that note, I'm gonna. We're gonna end this. I'm gonna stop <laughs> the recording. Yeah. This is not a test. I repeat, this is not a test. The Odd Drunk Podcast recommends you follow their Instagram and join their Facebook group for more fun content. To visit all of our current streaming and social media platforms, visit the link tree in the description. If you enjoy the show, we would be appreciated it if you would leave a review on Apple Podcasts. The Odd Drunk Podcast would like to remind you to drink responsibly and not to drink and drive. Okay Colton you can roll the outro now.